Welcome to Follow to Lead, where we discover how to listen for and follow God's call so that we might lead others to God. Our shared stories of inspiration from religious leaders and those active in the educational ministry of the church can help you know better how God is calling you and the role passionate Catholic education plays in spreading His message of faith, hope, and love. Now please welcome the hosts of Follow to Lead, Father Randy Sly and Kyle Pietrantonio. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ the Teacher, teach us to listen. Teach us to do the deep listening to the sounds of our soul, waiting to hear your voice calling us to cast out deeper, to become fishers of men and women, shepherds of souls, to follow your will in order to lead others to the truth, beauty, and goodness only you can offer. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome to Follow to Lead, a journey twice a month into the world of Catholic education, exploring what it means to follow God in order to lead others to Him. I'm Father Randy Sly, your co-host. Today, we have part two of our interview with Bill and Nancy Banzuch, founders of Catholic Sprouts, a daily podcast and apostolate working with Catholic families. Part one was released on May 7th, and I would strongly recommend you listen to or watch that episode first if you have not already done so. So please join me and my co-host Kyle Pietrantonio as we continue our conversation with Bill and Nancy. I'd like to return once more to to the We Believe statements, uh, the one which states, we believe that one of the most important ways we can teach our children the faith is to model it through an active prayer life, holy marriage, and constant quest for holiness. Can you talk a little bit about the role models uh, in each of your own lives uh, uh, to those to those goals? Oh my! Well, there's a lot of them. Um, do you have one in mind? Or so um, my my role model for a lot of things. Uh, you know, I praise be to God. I think most of us have grandmothers that made an impact on our lives. I have one. My my grandma Anne, um, whom I grew up with in the same town, she was, you know, daughter of immigrants, mother of ten, hardworking woman, made bread every morning. Amazing woman. Yeah, um, she was a model to me because she was so consistent in her prayer. She loved unconditionally everyone. Um, she would break her hip, and you know, two weeks later, be on her knees at mass, um, just the hardest, toughest woman you ever known, but the softest heart. So, um, yeah, I know, I know. Um, anyway, you know, of course she, she went to heaven or, you know, she, she passed away and is on her way to heaven three years ago. But, um, anyway, just, I think those beautiful models of, so another thing I really strive for, and I see as the key, at least for me to holiness and to a happy marriage is consistency. Mm -hmm. You know, I pray every day. I tell him I love him every day. I do what God tells me to do every day. And, you know, my grandma Ann was just the model of consistency. Every person I meet, I look them in the face and smile. Every, you know, I get up and do what I'm to do every day. So definitely my grandma Ann for me. Do you have one? <sighs> 
Yeah, I mean, I would say for both of us, me talking about both of us, you know, I think both of our parents had um, struggles in their marriage, but they had wonderful marriages, you know, and real, real wonderful marriages that really have inspired both of us. You know, my, um, I'll get to my role models through another person. So my, you know, my mother is the one who kind of brought faith into the house a lot. She was a DRE, you know, I probably wouldn't have done so much with youth ministry um, if it hadn't been for her. Uh, so those things were great foundational things for me, but, um, two things, one, you know, um, my dad never talked about his faith very much. He didn't really, um, I wouldn't say we really had a strong, strong domestic church in that way, but he was so steadfast when it came to mass. Mass was always important. It was non-negotiable. We went dressed up. You know what I mean? We didn't, we didn't, we never went in jeans unless maybe on a Saturday night we might've been allowed, but on a, you know, we hardly ever went to mass then. Um, we were always dressed up and, you know, he didn't say a lot, but he always said the, our father during mass. And these are the things that I remember. And it really has inspired me as a father because it's like, well, what will my children remember about the things that I do? What's the thing that stood out? Cause I guarantee you my father would never think that stood out to me. Um, and then um, my grandfather, who we used to call, we called him, he's, he passed away uh, a few years ago, but we called him pops and uh, he served the church relentlessly and prayed all the time. And uh, we named our, Hey, now I'm going to cry too. You know, we named our youngest um, after him, his patron saint, or his middle name was George and his patron saint was Blaze. Uh, mm-hmm. So we named our son George Blaze just to kind of honor him in that way. And Sure. <laughs> you ask a yeah. tough question there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about Those that. Are- we're both wonderful. emotional people, so. <laughs> wonderful exemplars. They've clearly yeah. meant a, a lot to you and mean a lot to you uh, to this day. And, you know, it's great to have part of them live on uh, in what you're doing, but also in your children. Yes, indeed. Um, by the way, you're, you're piloting, I think, a new app, a new program for Catholic schools, a couple of exciting new things. Could you kind of tell us a little bit about some of the new things that are going on with Catholic Sprouts? Sure. Yeah, we're excited. Um, well, so it all started because I applied for a grant without really thinking it all the way through. See, I'm type D. I just jump and do things. The only reason it. why we're sitting here is because <laughs> she has no fear. <laughs> and and it just I just do things. Um. Anyway, so OSV, our Sunday visitor, had a Catholic Innovation Challenge last year which was transformational for both of us both personally of us, and also for our apostolate. They challenged me for the first time to really like own, I'm not just a mom with a computer. We have been given, um, you know, given work to do by God and we need to do it for as long as he's asking, you know, I'm open. If that ends tomorrow, that ends tomorrow, but it does seem that we're continuing. Um, so we went through a whole year with them. We got very involved with people at Notre Dame. It was crazy. I did not know what I was applying for. Um, well, and you applied just thinking that the podcast and the patches yeah. were very innovative. And I think they are. But again, um, bringing Notre Dame into this, uh, challenging us from the way that we can accelerate our business, uh, accelerate our ministry, really. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just got all of us kind of thinking a little bit bigger. And so all the things that you've asked about with Catholic Sprouts really culminated, I think, in the Domestic Church Project. Yeah, because 
always be, I really appreciate their approach to Catholic ministry. And they're, because there's this idea in ministry. It's like, oh, we put in all this money, all this time. If we reach one heart, then it was all worth it. And, and I do believe that to a point, but they were like, okay, but you need to reach more than one heart. Like we, our goal is not to change one heart. Our goal is to change the world, change the church. And so they really were like, we want you to research what needs to happen and how to make it happen and be successful. And so through all of this, it, it really, what was amazing is it really like rang true in our hearts and what we were seeing in our community. And it all came back to the way that Bill was leading our family through the use of our simple podcast. The simple act of a parent learning with their child and talking about it is like, I know we want it to think there's some sort of complicated answer, but it's really that simple. Mm -hmm. And which is great. Yeah. And no. the other thing that we realized as we were looking out, there's tons of talk about the domestic church. You know, like you should have one. The domestic churches, you know, JP2 talking about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. But for us living in a family, I felt personally that like, okay, I can, I hear about this ideal, but I don't know what that means here. Like, I don't really know what that means when I'm sitting down to dinner with my family. And yeah, I guess we're supposed to pray, but I like, is this enough? You know, there's this real doubt. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it's naive to think that I think parents are under terrible spiritual attack because the devil knows that if he breaks that link, if the faith isn't passed on, then, then the church will suffer. So um, it's just the, through all of this with OSB, we created something called the domestic church project, which we worked on for six months and which is really the blueprint for any parent, whether you're married, single, divorced, whatever, old kids, little kids, whatever, the blueprint for any family to build their domestic church. It's the starting point, you know? And so there's three parts to it. The first part is about demo, you know, clearing out all of the things in time and space and distraction and wounds Demolish. that sit between yep. you and your family and you and God. Because I think, um, you know, that's, that's part of the problem. Our lives are too full, full of good stuff sometimes, but you really got to, if you're going to do it, be a domestic church, you have to make room for Jesus. In your yep. Home. yep. So we build it down or break it down to yep. build it back up. And then right? the next sections build where we talk about, you know, all of these concepts that we know are good, but how do we actually live that in a family? Like obedience, service, worship together, being unified in a mm -hmm. Catholic identity, you know, all of these things, like what does that actually mean? And um, what I find so helpful in a family is if, you know, you learn about it and then you give, you're given something to actually do it. Because of me, you know, for example, if we're learning about what does it actually mean to have a Catholic identity as a family, on that night, we challenge families to then identify their family patron saints and write them on the calendar. And it doesn't mean you have to, you know, make an Italian feast on the feast day of St. Catherine of Siena. All it means is that you, you know it. who she is and you say, hey, it's our family's feast day today. Let's, you know, 
pull the popsicles out of the freezer. I mean, it's just some special simple. way to do it. Yep. Right. So, so that's the second part. And then the, the final part, which I think was most impactful for our family is the dwell. How do we dwell in a domestic church? And in that section, we challenge families and we give you like a step-by-step -step to really discern and then write your family mission. And I think, and we saw through the hundred, you know, we have about a hundred families that have gone through it. We have about 400 families that are just embarking on it now, some new families. Um, it's, it's powerful to learn, like God has a design for this family. We can feel our, for example, our family feels very called to be missionaries to other families, you know, to invite specific families into our homes for dinner and to kind of reach out to them in a real personal way. That's, which is of course complicated in a pandemic, but um, that's been what we, you know, we sat around, talked to our kids and we really felt that's our calling. Other families felt called to a really specific prayer life or to, you know, reaching out to people that are ill, you know, so there's, it's really powerful to see what happens when you invite the Holy Spirit in, you've made room for him, and then you're ready to receive that mission specifically for your family. So this program all is delivered through our app called the Domestic Church Project. And it's really, we've, you know, this can seem overwhelming, right? All these different things. And we've broken them down into small, in the same way that the podcast works, small chunks of, of content, engaging stories, maybe, you know, five nights a week, six, six to seven minute lesson, a few minutes to talk about things and a small action. We do it, we do it over dinner. We truly believe the next generation of the church is sitting at our dinner tables with us. And it doesn't have to be done over dinner, but that's the way that uh, we like to talk about it. You know, as we're eating, we're listening to that little bit of content, and then we're able to have a really engaging conversation before we clean up all the dishes. Uh, and then, you know, we'll, we'll have a small action that we, we go with. So it's, it's really easy to integrate it into your life. It's zero prep. You just have to press play, and you're ready to go that night. So if you have a tough day at work, and you know it's tough getting dinner on the table you don't also have to make sure you have your you know your content figured out for what you're going to do that night it's going the other really great thing about the app is it provides any parent uh to have community mm -hmm. um ways that we share about our struggles other things related to living building leading our domestic churches so um you know i think even once you know we pray to the Lord that the, the world will open up again, you know, that uh, having authentic Catholic community in a space that's um, safe, you know, really will continue to be a great thing for all of us. I think in many ways we start to live our lives. I mean, we don't in any way want this to take over the communities that we build at our parishes. It's just, again, a compliment to it. It's mm -hmm. a compliment. Now, is this something that is going to be carried over into a Catholic schools as well then? Right, yeah. so good. Yeah, so we are excited. Um, we really feel strongly that online communities should really just support in-person communities. Those are the most important. And I mean, we are very close to the other families that send their kids to our Catholic school. It's such an incredible place to really walk side by side with people doing the same, you know, called to the same vocation. 
And so we are excited. Our pilot school that is agreeing to take us, take us to their families first is Holy Spirit Academy in Georgia. And um, we're really excited. Um, just our whole, our whole desire here with the Domestic Church Project is to remind parents of their vocation as parents. You know, JP2 spoke about parents as the first heralds of the faith. And I, I feel a little bit, you know, I, I know I saw my parents do this. I went to Catholic school and they, they felt a little bit like, well, faith formation, check that box, we're paying tuition. Um, and I just think this is a really great way to remind parents, like, that's awesome. You're sending them to Catholic school, but that's only going to make sense. Catholicism will only make sense if it's at home, you know, that there's this link between school and home that we can't forget, that we can't just outsource it and forget it. And, um, you know, but then there's this worry, I think, from a lot of parents, you know, our kids are really involved. We both work full time, that we're too busy to do these things. So we're trying to both remind them of their vocation and then give them the tool that's easy to use and that really will be impactful. Related to that, Nancy and Bill, if you were talking to some parents who are discerning whether or not to send their children uh, to the Catholic school um, in their area or the free public or charter school down the street and use Catholic sprouts uh, to bring the faith uh, and enhance the faith formation at home, what would you, what would you counsel those, those parents? Send them to Catholic school. <laughs> um, yeah. That's I mean, what we it's... wanted you to say, but. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It's the oh. choice we've made for our, we live in the little town we live in. I mean, they boast, they have a tremendous public school here, like best test scores in the state. When we moved to this town and we only moved here about a year and a half ago and I was meeting, you know, other moms, we were walking around and they all assumed we would go to the public school because it's, the obvious choice here, you know, or it's why a lot of people it's, might even move to this. That's why town. they move here. Sure. It, and it is, I, we have friends that are teachers of the public school. It's a tremendous system, but I mean, to be in a place where you can't speak the name of Jesus to me, doesn't make any sense, especially with, and if there's no options, you know, I mean, I know some people live in places where a Catholic school isn't optional, but if that is an option, how can you not put your child in that environment? You know, and also at our little Catholic school, you know, mass is a part of the week. Mm -hmm. Adoration is a part of the week. Our priest makes himself available. Right. Our son, I mean, whether it pans out or not, but is feeling nudges to consider the priesthood because he sees the priest eats lunch with him. You know, these are, this, this is like, yeah, he's, could he learn the mechanics of reading and math just as well at the public school? Certainly. It's a great program. But for me, for us, that's certainly not the most important thing. Right. So I want my kids surrounded by the name of Jesus. And I, that, that to me is worth everything. Yeah. And I mean, 
you know, for both of us having gone to Catholic school um, and yeah, coming from and coming from parents that went, you know what I mean, to Catholic schools and things like that, um, it in a way became sort of an obvious thing. But as I think about it, if I step back and think, well, would I ever decide differently? Um, it would be really hard to make a different decision. One, because a lot of the things Nancy said, I mean, if we want, um, you know, our children to truly be on fire for the faith. It has to be lived in all aspects, mm -hmm. right? right? We have to show it, but there are other role models like their teachers um, also and their principals and see their priests. Um, you know, they, they have to see that. You know, I would think one thing that maybe many families struggle with too is, you know, um, sometimes it's hard to take on the cost, right? And I, th I, I believe most Catholic schools that we've been a part of have always had really good scholarship type programs. And there are people there who are just opening up their hearts to families that want to be a part of things. Um, so, uh, <laughs> At least yeah. explore it. Yeah, exactly. I think mm -hmm. what I'd say to that is it might seem overwhelming because it might seem like it's impossible to do um, because of that. And right. I think, my only ask would be look into it more related to your school be like this is our situation what could we do or are there any other programs we might be able to take advantage of to make this happen for our children um so yeah you know that i think makes sometimes can be a yeah. challenge but and the the other thing um i hear so i hear from people all the time from parents um in the public school even really good public schools you know, children, I, I never want my child to have to feel uh, strange about their Catholic faith, you know, and that that's a reality for children. And anyway, I just, I want them to feel so confident and so comfortable in their faith before they have to go out and fight those big battles in the world. So mm -hmm. anyway, it's just as a follow up, Nancy and Bill, one, as I was leading a pre-K-12 school for a number of years, one of the pieces I would hear a lot is, gosh, We'll save up for middle school or high school, um, but the public school for elementary will just be fine uh, in the meantime. How might you respond to that? Mm. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I'd, I'd flip. You know what I mean? Like I feel like it's so important to start there. Yeah. I mean, we we started talking through a lot of the work with OSV. Um, you know, some people in their catechetical group talk, uh, have degrees in like, you know, child psychology and thinking about the attachments that we develop so early. And so it was even, cause sometimes we've even told people, you know, all the domestic church project might be tough with a younger kid. And we've kind of flipped a little bit and been like, you know, as early as, I mean, I'm, I'm not an expert. So if someone want to correct me this, but as early as three, I think we're starting to really mm -hmm. develop these connections. And, right. and, and I want my child to be connected to Christ from, right. from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So I almost think it's more important, yeah. you know, uh, you know, if you can make it work through the whole time, great. But I feel like, uh, you know, I went to public school after having gone to Catholic grade school. And I, yeah, I think it would have been a struggle to do that differently. I think it would have been like, no, no, we'll do, you know, you can go to the Catholic high school. Yeah. Um, well, that might've been tough. There's you know? also, I mean, what's disturbing when you really get into the numbers of when children are deciding they're not Catholic anymore, it's, it's really disturbing. You know, some of the newest research has said that as young as 10, Right. They're sitting in the pew with their parents, but they have made an internal decision that they aren't Catholic anymore. And I mean, how old are you when you're 10? Fourth grade? 
Mm -hmm. So I'm just, to me, it's like, <laughs> I mean, our, our goal is to just help them fall in love with the church and we're willing to give up anything to make that happen. You know, who cares? You know, we don't have a cabin or a boat and mm -hmm. things matter so much less than whether our children like receive that, attach themselves to Christ and remain attached to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a proverb that, uh, you know, from scripture, train up a child in the way he shall go, and he will never depart thereof. And I think that really speaks mm -hmm. to the fact that trajectory begins at a much earlier age. And yeah. you can't recorrect, uh, you know, at a later point, I don't think. Uh, it's certainly going to be a lot harder, right? right. You know, like you, if you show it and then we go off to bring it back is going yeah. to be really tough, whether you can sort of stay. <laughs> Maybe there's a few little blips throughout there, but you know, yeah, if it, if it can. And, and if you do decide, you know, to send your children to public school, I think that just, you know, you just need to prayerfully discern um, how much more important your domestic church is, yeah. right? 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 And then that you're living that faith at home, that mass is like my, my, my dad, I mean, it was non-negotiable, right? Um, and, uh, that we were centered in all of that, even if we weren't getting uh, exposure to the faith at yeah. school. Well, mm -hmm. and I will say too, I think it's, I think it's equally as important for us as parents as it is for our children that they go to Catholic school yeah. because I mean, you know how it is when you have kids, your, your friends, your community becomes the parents right. of your children. And we actually have a close friend. She sends her her older ones to public school, but her, her preschoolers at the Catholic school, you know, you have to pay for that no matter where you are. And I'm really on a mission to like, no, bring them over, bring them over because like, you don't understand how good it will be for your family right. to be invested in mm -hmm. this community where, you know, it's natural to have an all saints day party and we are getting together to celebrate epiphany. Like it's easier to be part of that Catholic culture when your mm -hmm. community, right. you know, your friend group, your, anyway. Everyone just, still has their Christmas trees up today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. No, there's just a lot of research around that very point, Nancy, about uh, the social capital that our Catholic school communities have by virtue of there being a lot of congruence of value yes. among all mm -hmm. the stakeholders, right? That there's, that, that's where a lot of the positive, constructive, hidden curricula of our Catholic schools uh, stems from. Um, so, no, I'm, right uh, with you. And I wanted to hear uh, from you uh, on that based on, on your work and, and your background. That was very, very good. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, earlier uh, in our chat, you were talking about uh, Pope St. John Paul II and his reference to the domestic church. And I know in the uh, apostolic exhortation, the role of the Christian family in the modern world, uh, he says this, he says, the little domestic church, like the greater church, needs to be constantly and intensely evangelized, hence its duty regarding permanent education in the faith. Now, one of the things that happens, and you all have done this, as have uh, the families of, of other schools, and that is that you have shared with the teachers a trust for your children's formation. Mm -hmm. um, most of the people that live or are listening to this particular podcast our teachers, uh, Catholic educators of various kinds, and uh, uh, school leaders. What message would you like to leave with the Catholic school community regarding your trusting 
the lives of your children into their care. Thank you. Other than <laughs> just don't goof up, right? Yeah. No. I Thank mean, you for doing it. Absolutely. That's the first thing. I mean, it, so we've had our kids at two different Catholic schools because- um, Really first, three. Yeah. Yep. So we've moved. Bill's job's moved us around. It's not that we've been dissatisfied. Is that No, we've right. No, states. we've just moved for a child. Yeah. Um, um, I really, there They've is- They've all been wonderful. There's a unique person called to work in a Catholic school. And we have never had a bad experience. I'm sure there's bad eggs out there somewhere. But um, just to, to commit yourself to education constantly in that Catholic world, it's such a beautiful calling. I am so grateful that there are institutions that do this. And... Um, and I, the, the truth is, I don't feel I need to have, give any warnings because every, our principal currently, all of our current teachers take this calling so seriously. I mean, even the gym teacher at our Catholic school takes this so seriously. So I just want to say, you know, we, we pray for our Catholic school every day. We are so grateful for them. And I mean, yeah, thank you. And you have our prayers. That's our message, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I think, like we said before, this is, this is a partnership between parents and schools. And, you know, we just need to keep, you know, kind of talking with that kind of language and start finding ways to introduce, um, helping parents to introduce this concept of building and leading their domestic churches as, uh, as a, a complement to what they're doing, whether it's at Catholic schools or in faith formation programs. Um, so, you know, ways that we can do that, whether it's, it's a program like ours that you might, you know, put your trust in to try and do that, or, you know, many other people out there uh, helping parents to, uh, to live the faith at home. So, uh, you know, it's finding those ways that uh, people can begin to integrate into their lives. And we truly believe that, you know, it needs to start small, Right, and then it just starts to really balloon, and and those fruits really do come to bear uh, from those things. So, okay, well, Kyle, I, I, we're about time to wrap up here. Do you have anything else that you wanted to cover on this? I see Kyle kind of disappeared. That's the miracle <laughs> yeah. of modern technology. I know. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, Nancy and Bill Banzich, uh, thank you so much. This has been delightful. You know, at the beginning of, of our time, as we were getting ready to start the podcast, we mentioned that it was going to be a two to three hours. Uh, we've actually gone quite long, and I could keep going with you for a long time. <laughs> this has been so rich with what you're sharing, and uh, it's such an important part of ministry. So thank you so much for saying yes. Well, thank you, Father. Thank you. And if you have any extra prayers to spare, we'll gladly, gladly take them. Yes, absolutely. Well, we need them. So, well, I'm so we grateful will... for your ministry, too. Thank you for all you do to support Catholic schools. We depend upon them. Mm, the whole much. church does. The whole church does. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Kyle has returned. Anything, Kyle, you want to say as we, uh, as we depart today? I just am really grateful, Nancy and Bill, uh, for your time, uh, the initiative, uh, and kind of the answer to a calling that you've both undertaken with Catholic Sprouts, uh, and personally for, for your supportive Duke and Altum Schools Collaborative, uh, particularly with our summit uh, this past October, and, and uh, going forward, we, we really um, are grateful for that. It's a joy. It's really Very much such so. a joy. So. We also... 
Yeah, well, you are more than welcome, and thank you for, for taking this time with us. We also want to thank our production interns, John Sampson and Alex Shire, for uh, working on our podcast, along with our production supervisor, Mr. Jack Alsbach, and we want to thank them for the production of this podcast. And may God bless you. We'd like to thank you for joining us on this episode of Follow to Lead, a production of the Duke and Altum Schools Collaborative. To learn more about finding your own path in your journey of faith, or for more information on what we discussed in today's episode, you are invited to follow us on social media and visit us on the web at diaschools.org. To provide a one-time donation or monthly pledge, please visit our website. Your gift will aid us in providing up-to-date information, additional resources, and other support on how to take Catholic education to a higher level. We look forward to helping you follow God's call to lead others to God right here on Follow to Lead.